Welcome back to another episode of the Brazilian Point of View. My name is Ana and today's episode is with my flatmate Harriet. I gave her a shout out I think a few times or something um, on the episode from two weeks ago that I talked about my life here in Edinburgh but today she's my guest and I'm very very happy to have her and when I invited her by the way we're gonna have more episodes with her because it's just so fun but when I invited her, she was like, oh my god, I wanted, I always wanted to be on a podcast. So this is it. This is the first episode with her. She works for two charities. So she works for in the humanitarian field. And in one of our many, many conversations, she basically told me that she had a hard time getting into the field because there were no clear instructions on how to do that or any tools to help her out. So we hope that this episode will help you out if this is something that you want to do. But before we get to that, please make sure to follow, subscribe and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow the podcast on Instagram at the Brazilian POV Podcast. Now, without further ado, let's get to the episode. So thank you for coming to the podcast. Hi. Hi. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, so this is actually the first time that I record like in person. Because usually I do through Zoom because it's easier. But then, what would it be like me here in the living room and you in a bedroom? Because we live together. It's like, how stupid. That would be ridiculous. Like, go to your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, so it's fun. Yeah, We're like currently totally. sat right next to each other in our winter jackets because there's a cost of living crisis going on <laughs> and we don't want to turn on the heat yeah we don't want to turn on the heat so we're sat in our pajamas at five o'clock <laughs> i'm not even in my pajamas oh yet. sorry i'm comfy there. yeah yeah comfy enough <laughs> so um i mentioned you i actually gave you a shout out on my episode like two weeks ago but yeah do you want to introduce yourself of course um so my name is harriet I am Anna's flatmate in Edinburgh. Um, about me, I am 24. Um, I've lived in Edinburgh pretty much for about six years now. I did move away for a year um, when I graduated, just back in with my parents to save money and do different bits and bobs. But I'm back. We've been here two, three months now. Yeah, something like this. Something like that. And yeah, just trying to survive winter in Scotland when it gets dark at like three o'clock. Um, but yeah, that's me, I think. Cool. So um, you work in the humanitarian field. I How do. come? Um, so I think growing up, I've always had that interest in helping other people. I think I've always had many questions about the world. I always remember asking one of my high school teachers, like, why do people do this? Like, I remember a huge question for me was about like refugees and immigration. And I was just very, I didn't understand why there was so much hatred towards the group and just the way that the UK government was handling it. I remember that was like the first thing that I realized was messed up. And so he said, he was like, study sociology. So I did. And yeah, I just kind of grew up. Um, loving 
things like that politics sociology and that took me to university and that took me to my master's in global health which was very focused upon humanitarian aid international development and it pretty much just went from there there's a few modules both in my undergraduate and my postgraduate that I was very like I find very inspiring one from my undergrad where my lecturer um, had worked in the international development field for some time and I just remember going home researching what she did finding out more and I just realized that it was something that I found very interesting and then I think as time goes on I've just became more and more passionate about it cool so what do you specifically do at your job so I currently have two jobs Um, I work part-time for a fairly large like pretty big humanitarian organization so I do that three days a week from home and that's protection and inclusion so basically ensuring that the most vulnerable groups within a humanitarian setting for example emergency it may be a developmental program basically ensuring that the most vulnerable groups um are included within these projects and that not just the needs of the whole population are being met but their their individual needs as well so um that involves delivering training to projects around the world country offices around the world um producing learning papers from the projects that have been ongoing and have been successful project editing project proposals um I still am very early in my career I've only I did an internship with them which then progressed into a job um I've only been the job about a month so I'm still in that learning phase learning as much as I can so I'm still very new to it um but it's really good so far and definitely what I want to do long term I can see myself doing this this sort of job for a while and my second job is a lot smaller it's a very small local charity and um, we support Sikh and ethnic minority communities across Edinburgh and I work with the young people so we well I um deliver effectively a safe space for children from these backgrounds it's very fun creative um just a space for them to come and socialize meet new people learn new skills I'm currently working closely with other local charities to introduce a new girls group which I'm very excited about because one of my main passions is women empowerment um, and supporting marginalized women so I'm very excited about that so I feel that's a nice project that I've been able to like start myself and I'll see from start to finish and just really the whole project stages on my own I guess so I feel yeah very excited about that and I feel very um like I'm learning a lot from that so yeah that's my that's my two jobs and for the first one you work with different countries in the world right yeah so we have a large um a large presence in various different countries around the world so it's a lot of again because it's online it's a lot of um communicating with many different people on a daily basis and yeah we have pretty much a presence all over any area that is sadly affected by emergencies whether that's conflict natural disasters man-made disasters we're probably 
gonna be there. Yeah. <laughs> um, it must be different working for a local charity, an international charity. For sure. Yeah. Um, and I do feel very lucky to be able to work between both. And I think that's going to be great experience for me and will definitely help me with my skills, which whether I decide to take the small charity route or the large charity route will help me in both. Um, I think with a smaller charity, I have a lot more independence, I guess. I work quite a lot on my own. So I have quite a lot of control over, so because I work with the young people, I have quite a lot of control over everything really I do funding applications I do the project planning each week I plan the activities so I think it's a lot of self-guidance um whereas I think with the international organization you need to have a lot more communication and coordination with different people due to the scale of it and how many how many employees there is how many different things are going on at once and I think with the larger organization being a humanitarian industry you need to be very adaptive and very willing that things willing to know that things change very quickly um obviously a lot of these countries if they have a disaster that can affect their internet connection which can then affect what we do if we can't get a hold of them or they can't send us what we need to then move forward with the projects so yeah they're very different um but I think it's a good mix and I think if you're in this field and you can have the opportunity to work with both I think it's very beneficial to understand the difference between them and how they both work yeah because independently from one another if that makes sense because you get a lot from both of them and they're all they're different they're so different like Smaller charity is definitely not humanitarian. That is, um, but again, it's still it's still a charity, and they still have the same principles of helping people and have the aim of making a positive impact and a positive change. But yeah, they're they're massively different. I mean, I know when I speak to you about it, I'm like, yeah, oh, this happened today and this happened. It's very different. Um, and I think maybe when I was at university the things I learned were maybe just charities as a whole rather than this is what a small charity do this is what a large charity to do so I think until I'm I'm now in the field and learning from them both I'm realizing how different they are and what different skills you need depending on the size of your organization the people that you work with the the skills of the people that you work with experience etc etc like the list list goes on I think and on a general basis how is it working for a charity I really enjoy it. Yeah, I love it. I can see myself, like I've said, doing it for a while. I think if you're a person who wants to make a difference, um, I mean, charities can come in so many different forms. Like no no matter what you're interested in, whether you're um, interested in working with children, adults, disabilities, like ch- charities are amazing. They have, There's something out there to support so many different groups um yeah I really enjoy it and I think it's a very fulfilling and rewarding sector to be in and how do you balance working for two different charities so I I think I'm quite good at it I think I know my limits and sometimes I mean like everyone I think everyone no matter what stage you are imposter syndrome is a massive thing 
But I think I'm quite good at knowing when to ask for help and knowing when to say if I don't feel that I can do what I'm being expected to do. So, so far, so good. I still do on weekends. I'm like, oh, I didn't get this done or I could be doing this, I could be doing that. But I think that's not necessarily working in the charity. I think that's just general being in your 20s as a young professional, Mm -hmm. finding your feet. But yeah, so far, so good, I think. And do you feel like it's very open? Do you have an open space to tell your bosses that you're doing too much work? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I've really come across the issue of too much work yet because I'm still fairly early on, so I'm learning. But yeah, particularly my um, my boss and my manager at the humanitarian organization, they're like a fantastic team. And I think because everyone in this field is just equally as passionate, equally, you know, they're very compassionate towards not only the people that they support and the people that we deliver our aid to, but their staff. Um, so yeah, so far I, I yeah, I feel very supported and very confident in speaking up and asking for what I need from both both charities. Nice. Um, how do you get into the humanitarian field? Because you told me that this can be kind of tricky. Like, there's no clear information out there on how to get into that. A hundred percent. And I've actually spoken about this with people that I work with, and it's something that they potentially want to work on is the transition from university to this field of work I I find a very very tough transition and I did feel very alone in working out what I had to do and where I was going so I think there's a few a few tips so yeah I think a huge one is experience every job that you'll probably read it's like they want x amount of years experience in this in this humanitarian setting so if you can do any form of experience whether that's volunteering one night a week in your town or whether that's actually going abroad which is what I did and spending a few months in that setting definitely something to do but also just patience and just keep trying I know very many graduates are exactly the same it's just a very long process I applied to probably hundreds, like I would say over like mm, over like 150, it must be jobs and internships, volunteers positions before I finally find myself in one. Um, People just don't get back to you. You know, like the application process is very competitive. So yeah, for me, it was just patience and just working out what I wanted to do and getting as much experience as I could. And what advice do you have for people who want to follow the career? So I think, like I've said, is don't be too hard on yourself. Be patient. I think if you can get experience and you're in a position where you can do it, do it. I spent pretty much the entire of this year, a good solid seven, eight months doing volunteering and unpaid positions um and I had the best time I was very scared going into it thinking how am I gonna do this without an income and I was in a very lucky position that when I lived with my parents they supported me and I didn't have to pay rent or food which was incredible of them to do that for me so I do know that that's a very privileged position to be in 
but I'd say any opportunity you can get like I said whether that's just with a small charity a few evenings and afternoon whatever you can do do it um so yeah so you're like just browse on the internet like so a website that was my savior like my absolute savior was relief web so relief web charity jobs the UN career website I think there's probably many more but relief web is where I found all the things I did so I was in Cambodia for a few months volunteering with some NGOs Um, I was in Greece for a few months volunteering at a refugee community center it wasn't a refugee camp but it was very very close to two major refugee camps Um, and I also found my internship on relief web which is now turned into a job um, so yeah, Relief Web, so many inf- so much information on there. You can tailor how much experience you have, what field you like, what country you want to work in, etc. Um, another one that I did is I actually emailed organizations um asking them for advice, kind of hinting at do you have any internships or like entry-level positions, which a few did, but a few many didn't. Um so yeah, don't be scared to reach out and ask them what qualifications do I need? What experience do you want? Um, and they're more than happy to get back to you, the majority of them. Um, another one that I've been listening to recently is a UN career podcast. And they talk to um, employees currently within the UN who talk through their career paths and how they've got to where they are from education right through to the positions, the positions that they're in. So that's really cool to hear it from them. But yeah, apart from that, just Google, Google and something will eventually come up. And I think also, as cheesy it is, like if you find yourself an opportunity that you're unsure about, like maybe just sometimes just go for it. Um, I always look back on my experience in Greece, which was one of the most amazing things I've ever done. But I was a week before I went, I was like, should I be doing this? Like, I, I, I don't know if what I'm doing, if this is what I want to do. And I went and I did it and I absolutely fell in love with it. And I now know that is exactly what I want to do long-term and something that I can see myself doing. And I loved it. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's probably my top tips. And what you didn't know before working in the field that you wish you knew? I mean, I think we speak about this quite a lot just between me and you, but like, I don't know anything like no I I obviously know what I need to know like I, can, I just to point out I can do I can, I can do my job but there's so much learning to do and I think that goes for any field that you work in whether it's private sector public charity whatever the learning doesn't stop when you graduate um which is very exciting I think it's a really nice position to be in but just be willing to make just be willing maybe maybe that's not the right word open to like make mistakes and yeah I've definitely realized that I'm going to be learning probably for the rest of my life um but yeah like learn from other people and just have fun with it and just enjoy that's what I'm trying to do just enjoy the process yeah yeah normalize not knowing anything about your degree. yeah <laughs> I really hope like I did and I were yeah it's generally like like doing my assignments at uni I was like oh I've got this like I know how to do a project proposal like this is amazing then I see it in my job and I'm like okay I recognize this but what does this mean like I literally have a glossary at the back of my workbook 
that someone like mentions a word and I'm like well, okay I don't really know what that means yeah write the word down and then I go and like google it and and then I'm like oh yeah okay I remember that like this this means that blah 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 but I refer to that all the time um and I think at the start it was quite overwhelming and I was almost like ah like I don't know anything like why am I doing this like who do I think I am but I think now I'm getting a bit more settled it's it feels easier for sure but I think that's something on TikTok that people do that people say as well like no one actually knows what they're doing they're just like going with the flow and then just figuring out a hundred percent and I think I look at I look at my friends and I have this one friend in particular who I think of straight away and she's bossing it like she's doing incredible like the jobs that she's had since graduating I just think she's amazing but she comes to my house and she's like crying because she's like oh like I'm just like and I'm like no you're doing amazing and I think we compare ourselves to ourselves like I look at someone and think oh my god you're like you're doing amazing like you're you're bossing it you're insane but they're like looking at me or someone else thinking oh my god like I wish I wish I was doing as them you know but um totally yeah I think like you said normalize not knowing what you're doing (laughs) or just fake it till you make it genuinely I 100% believe in that statement of fake it till you make it (laughs) and then you will make it and then you've made it and you're like okay where do I go now you know it's like you've made it to where you want to be and then I'm like okay well what's next the position that I'm in is not good enough. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds very, like, toxic, but it's not. It's- <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like how everyone's like, dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, every week we give a recommendation of a book, a movie, or a TV show. What recommendation do we have for our listeners this week and why? Okay, so I swiveled myself around to our pretend bookcase that is, like, <laughs> a shelf on the wall. And a book that I read at the beginning of this year was Reasons to Stay Alive by Matt Haig. And that sounds, I mean, I've seen a lot on TikTok and Instagram that was like, oh my God, Reasons to Stay Alive. Like, it, it doesn't mean that I'm in, I'm not like in crisis or anything, but it's just such a lovely book. So he basically wrote it, oh no, he didn't write it when, but he wrote it about his battle with depression. And I think I'm correct saying a really dark time in his life and it's just the things that he says it's just lovely and just the quotes in it it's just no matter whether you are really sad or you are really struggling or you're the happiest you've ever been I think it's just a lovely book to wrote to, to wrote to read and I just really enjoyed reading it so yeah I'd say reasons to stay alive it's like a good pick-me-up and you can just flick to a random page and it'll have something lovely about life and how beautiful life is and all that (laughs) and I've like highlighted all as well so um yeah so I can look back if I'm like oh remember remember I read this this is really nice so yeah yeah I really love that book the midnight library I think it's from him as well yes good I think Matt Haig is a really cool guy yeah he's got a lot of good things to talk about and I think he's yeah he uses his platform and his platform whatever in a really positive way um yeah I really need to read that book yeah because it's so good maybe we can swap have you got it mine is in portuguese oh never mind (laughs) (laughs) if anyone knows like cannot speak portuguese (laughs) i wish i could okay never mind i'll get the english version (laughs) yeah uh well thank you so much for coming to the podcast that was scary welcome can i go to my bedroom (laughs)
No, thank you for having me. So that's it for today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope to see you back here next week. Bye everyone.